And uh, Brian and Carol, it is, it's an honor to have you here tonight. Uh, and you're not the only Brian in the house. We've, our other greatest Brian is just a few rosy Brian. Well, thank you for that. And you got me with Brian. So, you know, if you need, the, if you need to be blessed, Man, Brian's name means strength, so here we go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is it with an I or a Y? With an I. Well, we'll forgive you anyway. All right. Did everybody get a chance to get a copy of the lesson for tonight? If anybody's without a lesson, raise your hands. We will get you one because we have wonderful assistants that will be happy to. No, Now, every speaker that comes up here is usually looking for some kind of confirmation that the word they've prepared is something that they should bring tonight, right? Well, I will tell you that I finished the study and the paper and the page and the pictures and everything and. Got the little flame put on the page, and next thing I know, I get a text from Brother Andrew saying, we can't get to church tonight, there's a huge old fire. And I just went, wow, I just put a fire on that page, and now we can't get to church. So either God is confirming the message, or none of us should be here right now, because we should be safely at home. So... What I, have, what I have to share with you tonight is definitely from the heart. Um, it's definitely personal to me. Um, and uh, as we get through this, we'll, we'll share some stories. I hope you get something out of it. Um, I was touched by Sunday's message. I don't know if you guys were touched by Sunday's message, but that very much spoke to me. Um, and Pastor, I'm going to ask you again because I don't even remember the title. But the preacher calls. That's all I. That's all I. That reverberates in my head. Someone called a preacher. Yeah. So that was the official title. So if that triggers anything in your brain, if you were here on Sunday, but uh, definitely a blessed message, and uh, I think it comes at a good time when we need to hear the message from the preacher. Amen. Amen. As is often the case when I speak, you have this page in front of you in case I get too boring to listen to and you just want to doodle or write on a paper, feel free to do so. I hope you doodle the blanks and keep it relevant to, to the word. Um, and I do need live speakers. I definitely encourage interaction. No one wants to hear me speak for over 40 minutes. Um, so I definitely encourage you to interject your stories, your revelations, things that you have learned and earned over the years. I would love to have someone read Psalms 85.6. Brother Mark, that'll be you. I'd love to have someone read Genesis 45.27. Brother Brian, that'll be you. Luke 1, 6 and 7. Brother Colton. Nehemiah 4 and 2. Sister Corey, thank you. Judges 15 and 18. Sister Beth, thank you. 1 Kings 17 and 13. Sister Alicia, thank you. 1 Kings 17 and 22. Don't remember your name, I apologize. Tristan, Tristan thank you. 2 Kings 13 and 19. Matt, thank you. Psalm 138 and 7. 
Wonderful. I apologize. Janine, right? Jean. Thank you. Gina. I'll get it right eventually. Isaiah 57 and 15. Brother Ali, thank you. And pulling up the rear tonight, Romans 14 and 9. Isaac, it's yours. Thank you. All right. Your spirit of revival. Does everybody know you got a spirit inside of you? Anybody asked how that spirit's doing inside of you today? Anybody looked on the inside? Hey, spirit, you need a cheeseburger? <laughs> Sometimes tough to do on a Wednesday. Now, Sunday, I bet all of us wake up and go, wow, can't wait to get that feast and famine at church, right? <clears throat> but sometimes on a Wednesday, it really is the famine, right? <laughs> um, but we're going to talk a little bit about the spirit of revival. Um, we'll talk about a passage of scripture that the pastor brought out in Sunday's message. It just, it just hung on to me. Um, but something that's just been really has been stirring with, within me is that we often hear about in our churches this revival, right? We need to bring the harvest in. We need to call. We need to bring the gospel to every creature out there. And we, just, we need to do what we can to spread the good news and the gospel message, okay? What I'm going to talk about tonight, though, is just the revival within your own soul, okay? So it's not necessarily pointed at the revival of the harvest coming in, okay? But it's that cultivating of the spirit within to revive you, right? To bring you to a place that you can be with God, okay? And, you know, there have been situations in my life, if you know me personally, um, that have really forced me to get in tune with this. And it is... It's very powerful, and I kind of have a new revelation around it, so I'm hoping to embark some of that upon you guys tonight. Um, but I really challenge you to really, you know, look inwardly on your soul a little bit and try to give yourself a, a self-diagnostic or a pre-assessment on the condition of your, of your spirit. Um, it's easy to, in this day and age, especially in America, Richland, Washington, okay, it's easy to get hungry and go, I need something to eat, and we just go feed, and we go eat, right? And it's easy when we have a little bump in the road, we come to church, we pray, and we pray for each other, and we're blessed, and we're honored, and God moves, and we feel good, and we can leave the doors on a Sunday or a Wednesday night feeling great about the next few days. Okay, the trials and the tribulations that we face are very minimal on the norm. They really are. And the bumps in the road that we have to get over, I'm sure at times it causes a lot of stress, but the vast majority of us, I think, God has just blessed us so much to keep us from true tragedies in life. And, and I encourage you to just kind of look on your heart. I've been doing a little bit of reading uh, from a book called The Circle Maker. Uh, pastor loaned it out to me and very powerful book. Um, by, uh, pastor Mark uh, Batterson and he just, the whole premise of the book is 
your connection with God, okay, your spirit in connection with God, to the point that you are willing to put your feet in the sand, you're willing to draw a circle around you until you have that answer to pray. And some of us are not always in the place that we could just say, no God, we need the answer. Right? A lot of times we're just in a place that, well, I got you know, dinner tonight, school tomorrow, got work. If you don't answer me tonight, God, I'll be back to check in next Sunday. Okay? And that's how we run our lives. Okay? But I encourage us to kind of cultivate that spirit. Is there something within our own souls that we can stir and keep that spirit alive so that we have the ability to draw that circle around us or have that connection with God that powerful things and miracles can happen? So your spirit of revival relies on the relationship you have with God. I pose the question, how close are you? How close are you? Talk a little bit about Mark Batson there. And this is a quote from his book. Drawing prayer circles starts with discerning what God wants and what God wills. Do we know what God wants? Do we know what God wills? Right? We know what we want. I know what I want. I'd love a new car, double the salary, some new instruments on the platform. Right. Does God want any of that for me? Probably not. Why would he? I get around just fine. We have great instruments. Right? Okay, so do we know what God wants and wills for our life? Until his sovereign will becomes your sanctified wish. His sovereign will becomes your sanctified wish. How much do you think God wants right now? Like, think about it. What do you think God wants, like, right now? And I entertain you to answer the question. Hungry hearts. Okay. What else? What else do you think God wants right now? All of us. Like, us and the entirety of us. Obedience. Okay. Obedience. For us to repent the world. For all to repent. Pastor? Brother Brian, I think that, you know, that he, uh, he would like us to feel a little tiny bit of what he feels for the lost. You certainly can't feel it all, right? That would be a weight and a burden that none of us could bear. Have you ever asked yourself that, though? You wake up, God, what do you want? I know I'm showering, getting ready for my day, but what do you want? Grace, worship. Yeah. Grace, worship, is that what you said? Praise. Praise? Yeah, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. Right? Is God always on the forefront of our thoughts? Is God always, you know, right in tune with our actions during the day? Are we meditating in our own heart? Are we singing melodies in our heart unto the Lord? You know, are we acknowledging God's presence twice a week? Why? Hopefully more than that. Right? And, and I think it's just this lifelong quest of really trying to understand what God wants and wills. Right? And I think it's 
something that um, is more powerful to me today than it was yesterday, and it will continue to grow, right? And I, I pray that for you guys as well. <clears throat> sure, you can apply some of the principles of becoming a circle maker. And becoming a circle maker is this concept of there's an urgent need, you are going in prayer, and you are going to draw a circle around you until you know God answers that prayer. So you can apply some of the principles of becoming a circle maker. And they may help you get what you want, but getting what you want isn't the goal. The goal is glorifying God by drawing circles around promises, miracles, dreams. Amen. Someone read Psalms 85 and 6 for me. Did I give that? Did I sign up? Jeremiah was, I thought, was the first one, but... Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Will thou not revive us again? Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about this, reviving our spirits tonight. <clears throat> Alright, Genesis 45 and 27. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. So this was the passage pastor used. Um, and the, the phrase that the phrase that jumped out to me uh, was the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And I put myself in that place. I put myself in Jacob's spot. And you know, I know not everybody in here has kids, but when you, when you have this concept of a kid being gone, and Jacob had to live with that weight. Anybody know how long Jacob had to live with the 13 weight? 13 years. 13 years. Right? Mm -hmm. And the start of this is they told him all the words of Joseph, I guess it's an earlier passage in this text setting, but when he first heard it, he didn't believe them. Okay? When he first caught wind that, hey, guess what? Joseph's alive. <clears throat> okay? I put Jacob in the middle of the circle. Okay? I put him in that place because I am sure for 13 years Joseph was on his mind. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. yep. Guaranteed. And if you're a parent in the room, you get it. Right? Regardless if your kids are in church or not in church, regardless if they're drug addicts or the best loving kid you've ever had, Right. Your kids are on your mind. Yep. Amen. Right? Yep. And kids don't get that until they get a little older. Right? And my kids just love it when I tell stories about them. Okay? But frankly, they're always, always on the mind. Right? And Jacob caught wind that Joseph's alive. And what could he do but not believe it? Because it had been 13 years. Verse 26 is what you're at. Right. 
And then the reality of the situation comes in and the story is going to be true. Okay? And it says his spirit was revived. Mm -hmm. And I shared the story with you tonight because it doesn't matter how long you have that prayer. It doesn't matter how crazy you think your prayer is. It doesn't matter how deep the pain is. Mm -hmm. right. right? God has an answer. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God has an answer. <clears throat> and I wasn't really sure if I was going to share the story or not, but for those who don't know, okay, Devin was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. When was it? December? January. Okay, and it was hard. Right? Hard. But those in our circle, here in church, out of church, okay, it was always the same answer. God has a plan. God has a plan. easy to say when you're not in the situation, right? But, ironically enough, it brought peace. Okay? And, it helped me understand Jacob. Right? The spirit was revived. And he had to wait 13 years. Thank goodness I only had to wait two months. Right? But God restored. Okay? The drum circles around. His spirit connected. And Jacob was restored to his son. Let's look at Luke 1, 6 and 7. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they were both now well stricken in years. Okay, so for those of you who are wanting to fill blanks there, I apologize. The first letter A there is spirit revived. And for those who are bored and just like crossword puzzles, that revived word will fit into a crossword puzzle on the back side there. All right. So what we have here is a story. A couple people that I'll call Zach and Liz. And if you back up to verse 6 for me, Cliff. It says that they were righteous before God. Even goes on to say they were blameless. How many of you are here blameless? Nobody? Cooper's blameless. There we go. Unfortunately, I know his story. Okay, but hey, Zach and Liz are about as perfect as two people can be, right? They're both righteous. They're both blameless. 
It's a great thing to be. That's a wonderful thing to be. Come to church. I'm sure they paid their tithes. I'm sure they were on the worship team. I bet they were asked to speak at church every now and then. You know, they probably brought meals to the pastor. They probably washed their cars. You know, I bet they were just outstanding people. Okay? But they were blameless. And we go to verse 7. And they were barren. How could they be barren, God? How could they possibly be barren? These are two people that love you, walk in your ways. They're righteous always. How could you possibly not bless the womb of two such wonderful people? Have any of you guys felt barren? Have any of you guys felt like, I go to church every service? I even gave a couple extra bucks last week. God, I made an album for your glory. God, I'm raising the pastor's grandkids. That's got to get something. <laughs> right? It's not easy. Exactly. But I bring this up because I want you to know that you can be dedicated fully, okay? But you still might have need of reviving that spirit, okay? You still might be in a place where you got to kind of look on the inside and go, God, what do I need? God, what do I need? What, what do I got to stir my spirit with to make sure I'm fresh? I got a fresh fire going, right? <laughs> So you don't have to be a blatant sinner to need revival. In fact, the opposite's true. When you walk with God, sometimes it's your duty to revive the spirit within you. If we were to read through all the stories of that which we won't do tonight, an angel appears. And an angel says, hey, guess what? I'm not going to leave you barren anymore. But how long did they have to dedicate themselves to God before they got the word that they were going to be blessed with a child. Mm -hmm. Does anybody know the timeline? How long did they have to stand in a circle and say, God, please give me a child. God, please give me a child. God, I want a child. God, let me have a fruitful womb. Okay? Much more important in this day and time than it is in present day. But I bet that prayer happened for a long time. That, that prayer happened a long time. Let's move on to Nehemiah 4 and 2. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? All right, so your blank here is what condition are your wall stones? <laughs> What condition are your wall stones tonight? You know, when you're walking through something that's pretty interesting to get through, there's lots of folks that are willing to give you advice. 
And some of that advice isn't always the best advice. If you haven't read the book of Job, I encourage you to dive into the book of Job. Okay? Job's best friends gave him some of the worst advice possible. But you feel like you're hit from every angle, right? When you're walking through a storm and you're just looking for answers and God, my, my wall stone is under a bunch of rubbish right now. God, I need a revival in spirit. God, I need encouragement. Okay? You, you, if you start looking for advice, you're going to get advice. Right? So I'm encouraging us to revive our spirits to Him instead of looking for every, every wind of whatever we're going to catch up outside of these walls. Alright, try to speed things up a little bit. Apparently I talk too much. Judges 15 and 18. Then he was sore thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? Who are we talking about here? Samson. Samson. One of the best stories in the Bible, short of David. Okay? Guys, what's great about Samson? Great he had a six pack, right? And the lady swooned over him, right? And every guy wants to be Samson at some point, right? And Samson was dedicated to the work of God. And Samson spent an entire, well, lifetime, but on this day. He worked for God the entire time. And when you go to cultivate that spirit within you and you start doing things for God, and you at the end of the day will look at it and go, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And that's what Samson did. Samson did God's work. He worked on it all day long. He did God's will. And at the end of the day, when you think it's going to be a big celebration, rest, parade, he's left saying, I'm thirsty. Right? And once again, he had to refresh his spirit and go, God, is this the end? Is this, is this what you want? Me to work my tail off and then be thirsty? And sometimes it may feel that way, okay? Sometimes it may feel that way when you feel like you're trying to do everything you can for God's kingdom, and yet you're still hungry, yet you're still thirsty. Revive that spirit within you. I wanted to ask the question to the room, what do you do? To quench the thirst in your soul. And I've been in education for a long time, and I have the power of waiting longer than you. <laughs> what do you do to quench the thirst in your soul? Worship. Soul, not flesh. Soul, not flesh. Sister Cat. I sit down at 
an organist I have that's not the piano at home, and I just sit and play. And it just soothes me, and I can talk to God that way. Refresh me. But I have to leave first. <laughs> 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 oh, my. Cooper. I get water. He gets water. Sister Beth. Some of the most recent messages of my favorite preacher. Through like a YouTube or a. Mm -hmm. yeah. Listens to messages. Okay. Okay. Brother Jay, how do you. What do you oh, do? My to? Wife. <laughs> yeah, I say pray. Pray. <laughs> I start listing the things I need to be thankful for. Anybody else? We'll take one more. What do you do to quench the thirst of your soul? And I have worship music. <clears throat> Does anybody try to quote as much scripture as they possibly can? Don, mm -hmm. does that ring true? No, I'm just going to say I have a closet, but I'm not going to tell you where it's at. I often, I often uh, rely on music, obviously, um, but if I'm not in the musical mode, I try to quote as much scripture to my brain that I have. Really and I go walking in the river. Quench the thirst of your soul. All right. First Kings 17 and 13. Okay. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. All right. So make the cake for God first. Make the cake for God first. You can give me just a very brief summary of this story with Elijah. I know we got some well-versed Bible scholars here. Well, her and her son were going to die. And she was out picking up sticks to get the last little bit of firewood to make the last little bit of, uh, of batter for a cake. To do when you're standing and you're thirsty and your soul needs revived and you know that hey the end could be here right how important is it to have that connection with God in that moment to say God I need a healing God I need provision right and then God Sends Elijah and says, "All right, 
Make me a cake. Right? Make me a cake. And the scripture, if you continue the story, it doesn't even indicate that she hesitated. Really. Right? How many of us would go? I think I would. I'd pause. But we have to have that connection. We have to have that, that spirit. All right, our revival spirit in action. Here we go, 1 Kings 17, 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Okay, this is just a couple scripture later. Let God hear your voice. Let God hear your voice. Okay, and the ironic thing about this whole wonderful story is that she made the cake... Things were good. The man of God said, you're never going to run out of ingredients again. She can make as many cakes as she wants. The oil will always be there. Hooray. And then, the next thing we know, the kid's sick. Right? She is longing because... Her son's going to die. She's going to die. There's a famine in the land. They don't have provision. They don't have food. I'm guessing that she's praying, God, please provide. God provides. And the next step of the story is just kidding. And the scripture says that the child lost breath. It doesn't say the child died. It says the child quit breathing. Right? And it took the anointing of the man of God. And not one time, not two times, but three times the man of God had to revive his spirit for that child. Okay? And it, it begs the question in me, how refreshed, how revived is my spirit? How much am I able to have that connection with God to provide the breath again? 2 Kings 13 and 19. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times, and thou, then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Oh, the scripture is, Thou shalt have wisdom. It's proper English indeed, isn't it? So this story drives me crazy. It's always driven me crazy. Okay? How is this story even fair? Joash, the king of Israel, comes in right on the deathbed. And the man of God says, here, pick up your bow. Shoot an arrow out the window. Now, strike the bow and arrow on the ground. Right? And he doesn't strike it on the ground enough times. He only hits the ground three times. How is he supposed to know how many times he's supposed to hit the ground? Right? Right? 
As I prepared this lesson tonight, it made me wonder if his spirit was revised enough that he knows God's will for the people. He would have spun the ground seven, eight, nine, ten times. But he knew what he wanted and not what God wanted. So the point I wanted to bring out here is that you've got to revive your spirit. You've got to know what God wants for you. Okay? And if God says, hey, hit the ground three times with a bow and arrow, hit the ground six, seven, eight, nine times bow and arrow. Know God's will. And the uh, word I put down here was your spirit should get angry. Because okay. I put myself in the position of holding that bow and arrow. Right? And the symbolism of it is the number of times that he hit the ground, he was going to overcome the enemy invading the land. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when the enemy's coming in at you, you just got to get angry at the enemy. I won't belabor on that point because Pastor will probably take me off the platform. So. <laughs> Psalms 138 and 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath. My right hand will save. Who's the right hand? There you go. And it doesn't say you're going to walk outside of trouble. Right? It says we're going to walk right through the middle of it. Right through the middle of it. And it says God will revive me and God will save me. Amen. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus saith the high lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Contrite, that's a real big word. He will revive the spirit of the humble. Our own trials are for our own encouragement and spiritual walk. Be willing to share your testimony in what God has done for you. I'm ecstatic to tell you my son never had no bone cancer. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. That was an answer to many prayers. Right? That was an amazing miracle. Okay. And for those who don't know, I know the pastor showed the CD. Okay? The story and the making of that CD falls exactly in line with that story. We scheduled our first recording date, the first week of his first medical appointment. I got the final CD in my hand the day before we got the final okay from Seattle Children's Hospital. The timeline from creation to the end is an Alpha Omega story I'll never forget. And 
I believe it's a God thing. And I believe that for whatever reason, I don't know if the trial of that was trying to slow us down, if it was trying to distract our efforts, if it was trying to give D a message, if it was trying to straighten me up. But I pray every day that we listened and we heard that trial. Amen. Because he revived my spirit. Isaac, finish it up here. Romans 14 and 9. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. And he's our example. He died and rose. Encourage yourself in the Lord and he will meet you where you are. Amen. Any final comments? Amen. Let's all stand. Brother Ali, will you dismiss us in prayer tonight? Jesus, we are so thankful, God, for your presence. Pray, God, that you encourage us, Lord, in these difficult times, God, that we revert back to your word, your promises, God, and just like Brother Brian said, Lord. That we can quote to you, Lord God, and, and remind us that we are the Lord. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.